Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us wherever you're listening around the state of Mississippi this afternoon or throughout the country online. We're glad to have you on the Eagle Hour. Opening segment of today's show, as it is every day, sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and, of course, this program that reports on Southern Miss Sports. You can enjoy their delicious uh, fall-off-the-bone ribs, hickory-smoked brisket, other great meats they cook in-house each and every day. And uh, if you've got something special on your plate coming up, no pun intended, you need to sit back, relax, let Dickies do the cooking, because catering is something uh, that the Dickies folks are absolutely the best at. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Brandon here with me. Uh, in Hattiesburg in the First Bank studio as we get ready for another edition of the Eagle Hour. And we have a very special guest on the show today. We've been very excited about this young man's return to our program. He was on the Eagle Hour uh, right toward the end of his senior year, but a lot has happened with Nick Mullins since then. Nick Mullins, of course, the all-time statistical leader in every category as a Southern Miss quarterback, 11,995 yards passing, 87 touchdowns, absolutely dwarfs everybody that ever played football uh, at quarterback for Southern Miss. And we are glad to have Nick Mullins on the Eagle Hour. Nick, thanks for thanks for your time, man. Yeah, uh, looking forward to talking to you guys. Thanks for having me. Well, we're, we're excited about having you. There's so much to talk to you about. We're going to keep you for a couple of segments uh, if you're good with that. But I, I want to go back. I want to go back before you ever came to Southern Miss, uh, because in reading your bio this morning, I was reminded that you had verbally committed to go play at UAB, and then on National Signing Day, after a last-minute visit to USM, uh, you came to the Golden Eagles, and then everything else after that is history. What uh, what caused that change, Dick? Yeah, that's correct. So uh, that was... Uh... I was part of Coach Munkin's first class here at Southern Miss. Uh, I was committed to UAB, and uh, I really thought my recruitment process was over. There was about two weeks left of signing day, and I wasn't hearing much. Um, but Coach Munkin uh, visited my high school and uh, just, you could say, talked me into taking a visit. And uh, when I took the visit, uh, you know, all the factors that I was looking for just kind of factored into my decision. And um, choosing Southern Miss was obviously the best decision I've ever made. Well, it's the best decision for us you ever made as well. But when when you look back on that, you know, the program was really in, in the despairs of uh, struggle. Uh, did that uh, – apparently that didn't play a role in your thinking, but what was it that uh, that uh, Coach Munkin was able to convince you to come over here? What, what was his selling point to you? Yeah, well, I really was – the 0-12 season really didn't bother me that much because I grew up uh, knowing Southern Miss is a winning football program. And uh, so I just assumed, you know, at some point we're going to win. And um, so Coach Munkin came in there, and um, his offense was similar to the one I ran in high school. And uh, there was an opportunity to compete uh, to play early. And 
and um, and then Southern Miss has a great business school, and I was uh, looking forward to getting a business degree. So uh, those three things just kind of pointed me towards Southern Miss, and uh, I was excited to get on the field. You have no reason to remember this, but I met you several years ago for just a few minutes at, uh, of all places, let's see, it was uh, the barbecue place, uh, oh gosh, right down the street from the baseball stadium. Strict, you were in there with your girlfriend, and you were eating crawfish, Nick. Do you still eat crawfish out there in San Francisco? Uh, no, I wish. That's why I enjoy coming back home to uh, get crawfish in the offseason. Right. Well, it was that it was that evening that that I uh, w- when we were having this brief conversation that I told you I really uh, I thanked you I, I thought you were the young man that had resurrected our football program and I still I still do think that today uh, you were brought in the game uh, your first time uh, we were zero and six when you you come in against uh, North Texas we we went on to lose that game. And we lost a lot of games the rest of the year until we got to the end of the year. And then you guys come from behind at halftime and beat UAB. And I just wonder, when you look back on that, all that's happened to you since, where does that, where does that day stack up, Nick, uh, in, in the many things that you've accomplished on the football field? Oh, man. Um, that's a good question. It's definitely one of the more memorable wins just uh, because of all the things that we went through. Um, at the beginning of the season, and uh, it was my first game back in my hometown, and uh, we scored a lot of points. And I think what we ended the streak. So uh, there's so many reasons why that day was so special, and uh, it was kind of just the first start of uh, us reaching our potential. And uh, so I think it was a big day to just get past the streak and uh, you know head into the next season with some momentum. Right, which you did, and then of course in the 2015 season. Uh, is when it really all came together. Uh, you guys win nine games. You have a phenomenal year as the leader of the football team. That that had to be very gratifying to go to to start out quarterbacking a team that was zero and six, coming off a horrible losing streak, and and finish your college career the way you did. Yeah, uh, it's a lot to be proud of. You know, the guys that we had in there. Um just worked, you know, just worked every day. And uh, I think the goal was to eventually win games. And uh, it took a little bit of time, but once we got the right guys in and we started just really buying in to what Coach Mulkin uh, was uh, preaching to us, uh, it all all came together, and uh, we had a great last two years. Numbers don't lie and field production doesn't lie. Are you comfortable with people considering you to be the greatest quarterback that ever played here? I mean, I'd I'm not really worried about the ranks, but uh, there's a lot of great quarterbacks here at Southern Miss, and uh, I was just proud to uh, you know uphold the tradition, I guess you could say. Right, and there has been sort of an almost Dick, almost a quarterback factory uh, when you when you go back to Reggie Collier, then you have Brett Favre, then you have Austin Davis, uh, then you have you, and, I, and I'm, I'm oh you have uh, Lee Roberts, uh, quite a quite a lineage of quarterbacks at Southern Miss, eh? Uh, yeah, definitely. Even uh, you can throw uh, Dustin Allman's name in there. Right. You know, uh, at Southern Miss, I tried to learn as much as I could about the lineage of the position. Uh, but yeah, man, there's been a lot of great teams, a lot of great quarterbacks and leaders. And uh, when I was at Southern Miss, I uh, you know just tried to give my best to um, you know live up to their standard that they set before I did. Right. All right, Luke. Welcome, Nick Mullins, to the Eagle Hour. Nick, thanks for being on today, and I'm glad you brought up Dustin. He was my quarterback uh, when, when I was on campus uh, playing for Southern Miss. What was it about Todd Munkin, and specifically, 
What was his message? Uh, you know, the three years that you played for him that made you guys believe that you could you could turn it around just in, in under three years and go from one win to nine wins. Yeah, definitely. Well, he brought a um, a uh, what an intensity about him. You know, I think um, Coach Malkin has a great personality. You know, he can if you ever get to talk to him, he's got a great personality and uh, he's just real intense. Um, but he's a great teacher of the game. He knows how to scheme receivers open. And uh, he just kept preaching to us, you know, it's going to come. It's going to happen. Um, you know, an energy, attitude, and body language. He always said if you could control those three things, um, then you'll have success in the field. And uh, so we bought into all that. And uh, we had some great players, great staff. And uh, so it was all just a collective effort and uh, came to fruition. You talk about that. I mean, you, you're being the quarterback. You're the face of, of the team. But, man, you look at that 15 team, and, and Cordell Armstrong's on there. Julian Allen, who's in the XFL, is uh, on that team. Picasso Nelson's on that team. Uh, you know, I mean, even I, I'm, I was a punter, so Sean Field's on that team with all his hair, you know. But, I mean, you, you look at uh, all the Edo's on that team, and you could just list them there. It's a crazy uh, – not only was Coach Mullen a, a crazy good coach, he was a crazy good recruiter, too. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is fun to go back and look at uh, the, the amount of talent that we had on that football team. Um, I mean, you could almost say 15 to 20 guys at least got some sort of opportunity or shot at the NFL, whether that be minicamp or, you know, a, a full career out of it. Uh, so we had a lot of great players. Um, the guys up front, you know, Cameron Tom was a great center who probably didn't get enough credit in his career. He's still with the Saints going into his fourth year. And uh, then Michael Thomas and DJ Thompson and Casey Martin, um, you know, those three receivers, Jalen Rashard and Ito, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a squad right there, you know. So we, uh, we were very proud of what we did and uh, hope we made a lot of highlights. We're going to have actually Cameron's going to be on the show with us um, Friday, so we'll, we'll ask who has a better shotgun uh, snap uh, to Drew Brees or you. So we'll get that clarity from Cameron. On, <laughs> yeah, there you on go. The show you, Friday. you know, he doesn't say a lot, so maybe you can get him to talk a pretty good bit. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, we'll. Nick, we're about to run up against a, a commercial break here in, in just a minute. If you would, just please uh, stay on with us. But, Bob, you look at the teams that Nick Mullins led, it's pretty amazing how much talent was on there. Well, there's no question, and you go back, you, you kind of shake your head, Nick, and, and wonder how did uh, how did Todd Munkin attract such talent to a program that had struggled so severely? And we'll we'll let you finish that thought on the other side of the break. And of course, want to talk to you about uh, this huge splash you've made in the National Football League, and uh, want you to be aware of how much Mississippi pulls for you every time you're on the field. We're talking to Nick Mullins of the San Francisco 49ers. NFC champion San Francisco 49ers and we'll continue that conversation on the other side of the break. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. 
You can uh, buy your Southern Miss swag and apparel and household items uh, seven days a week on the Internet, Monday through Saturday at Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street, and we thank them for their support of the show. We're talking to Nick Mullins. Uh, of course, doesn't need any introduction to our listening audience around the state, now with the San Francisco 49ers. All right, Nick, let's move into the NFL. So you go in 2017 as an undrafted free agent with the 49ers, and then on November the 1st, 2018, you get your shot on Thursday Night Football. I was watching that game. You were brilliant in the game. You were Heaps of praise thrown at you by the guys calling the game that night. And uh, you go on in 18 to throw for 2,277 yards and 13 touchdowns. Take us back to that night you got your chance in the NFL and what was going on in your mind uh, as that game got underway. Oh, yeah, that was very exciting. Uh, I think the most stressful part was uh, I knew that the first play was going to be a pass for probably two days before the game started. So I was just thinking about that first play for, you know, two days straight. Um, but uh, once once the ball got rolling, uh, you know, I was just back to playing football and uh, just trying to execute the best best I could. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the entire team played great, and that made it easy on me. And, uh, you know, it was a rough season. So um, I think the win just provided some sort of a spark. And uh, it's definitely uh, one of the cooler, cooler moments in my life. First player in 49ers history to throw three touchdowns uh, in your first game, and, and that's a pretty storied franchise you're playing for. So, you know, to hold that record, that's that's pretty cool, Nick. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, I mean, definitely aware of the uh, the greatness of the quarterbacks uh, for the Niners, and uh, so to be uh, doing things like that, it was very cool and a very cool opportunity. That Montana guy, he was pretty good, wasn't he, that played there a few yeah. years? <laughs> He's a legend, man. Of course. <laughs> All right, Nick. Now I got to ask you this question. I got to play devil's advocate here with you a second. You showed everybody in the NFL in 2018 you belonged and you could play and you could play just about as well as anybody in the league. 19 rolls around and you guys win the NFC Championship and you go to the Super Bowl, but uh, you're you're the backup, uh, which is obviously something that everyone would would like to be in the NFL as a a backup quarterback on a championship football team. But how frustrating was it for you to watch the 49ers play in 2019 and not be on the field the way you were much of 18? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say frustrating, but uh, it definitely is. Uh, it definitely is. Test your definitely test your patience. Um, but you know, you always got to tell yourself uh, your time is coming. Your time is coming, and uh, if you consistently believe that, uh, that's kind of how I prepared the whole season. Um, you know, and it was it was cool to learn a lot. You know, to to sit back and watch a successful NFL football team. Uh, I feel like I learned a lot, and I feel like I made a lot of progress throughout the season. What was the season like for all of you guys? It was kind of a dream season in a way, right? Man, it really was. Uh, it was. It was. I guess you could say magical. Uh, first of all, we had a lot of great players. Um, you know, our defensive front um, obviously was a force uh, with the addition of Bosa. And, uh, you know, they played great on the back end and then our running game and all of our receivers that uh, contributed. Um, we really did have a great football team, uh, coaches and players. And uh, so it was cool, man. It was a great experience, fun to watch. And, um, you know, we won a lot of really close football games. Um, and I think that's the hard part about the NFL is you got to find a, win- a way to win close football games. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did that all year. And when did you get that NFC championship ring? Uh I don't know, to be honest. Uh, uh, we haven't had that conversation yet, so yeah. I don't know. You've got to get one, right? I mean, that's pretty 
that's pretty uh, lofty stuff to win the NFC Championship. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, you know, just getting the first taste of the playoffs. Uh, you know, that was really cool, and uh, so to just uh, be able to extend our season as long as we did, make it to the Super Bowl, and uh, you know, win the NFC Championship at home was a huge deal for the uh, for the franchise. Right. All right, Luke, get back in here. Um, Nick, uh, I want to ask you a, a few things about uh, the the NFL. You, some of your teammates too. Is George Kittle? Is, is he admitted that Nick Mullins has made him the All Pro tight end that he is now? <laughs> uh, no, you, you can ask George that question. But uh, George was a great friend, a great teammate, and uh, has a uh, a skill set that not a lot of people in this world has. And uh, so, I think what is yeah. So he's he's a great player and a great great friend. How cool is it that uh, you get to play with Timor? Um, Tavarius went third or fourth round. He's he's become a very good defensive player. I didn't like him this year because of the non-pass interference call against my Saints. But oh, Tavarius, how cool is it that you get to play that type of, uh, you know, at the highest level in a Super Bowl with a college teammate? Well, first, that was a smart play for uh, Timor. <laughs> Honestly, it honestly, was. I had no, I had no clue what happened, and I didn't understand really what the rule was. But uh, I guess Timor did know the rules and he made a great play. <laughs> but um, it's uh, it's cool, yeah. Um, is a great teammate. Uh, you know, it was it's fun to still compete with him. We competed every day in practice um, at Southern Miss. I knew he was going to be special. Uh, we weren't together very long at Southern Miss, but he was clearly the most athletic uh, on the field. And uh, I mean, he pretty much still is. Uh, even now in practice in the NFL. Um, and what a great moment for him to get that interception in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he's coming along strong, and uh, we expect uh, big thanks for Team War. In 2018, Bob said when, when you guys beat the Raiders, and right after the game, Brett Favre was really talking about you. When you start making uh, you know quality starts, and then when you start winning, you beat Russell Wilson that year. What is the fraternity like among quarterbacks in the NFL? Do you have guys like reaching out to you? You know, when uh, you know you guys beat Aaron Rodgers, uh, you played Mahomes in the Super Bowl around the league, and that you know group of thirty to sixty guys. Is there a pretty good fraternity there? Uh, yeah, I would definitely say so. It's pretty cool to um, you know you're always shaking the quarterback's hands after the game. And uh, you train with a couple of them here and there, and uh, I think all the quarterbacks understand what what each other goes through. And um, so I think there's definitely a mutual respect, and uh, even from the former guys, you know, I've had a couple of former quarterbacks, you know, just reach out and they just want to kind of provide their uh, their hand and their advice and uh, help the younger guys along the way. So Nick, are you guys working out now? What is what is what is life for an NFL quarterback when you're not in the regular season? How, how, what is the routine? Right. Um, I actually spend my or my, my off seasons uh, right back here in Hattiesburg. Actually, so I'm just working out at the school, um, living living San Francisco six months out of the year, and then uh, move back to Hattiesburg and just uh, put your head down and go to work and uh, hang out with family. And so when um, will you have to go back to San Francisco? When do you guys go back and, and start preparing for the season? Yeah, so we go back in mid-April, and uh, we have about an eight-week off-season program, and then we get about five weeks off for summer, and then uh, camp starts back um, at the end of July, beginning of August. And uh, so it's just a yearly cycle, and uh, you stick to it and just put in the work. And where are you in your in your current contract with the 49ers, Nick? Is, is that going to be your team for a while to come, you think? Um, so right now I'm an exclusive rights-free agent, 
and uh, that means the only team that I can negotiate with is the 49ers, and uh, I expect to sign back there, and hopefully I uh, I do what I'm supposed to do, and um, uh, hopefully I'm still with the team next year. So uh, you know what he's mind, asking Nick specifically is he's a he's a Washington Redskins fan. Okay, we really need you. So Nick. he is we really he is you. hoping. In the future, that something happens like that. That's what he's really asking right now. No, no, I think you guys drafted a quarterback pretty high last year. But we need you, Nick. We need you. You can, you can play that, with yeah. Adrian Peterson and all kinds of great players. You, you'd fit no in doubt. perfect they got there. A, what, uh, McLaurin, the, new, the young receiver, he's a great player. There you go. There you go. See, I'm selling it to you, aren't I? You're there thinking you about it now, aren't you, Nick? Don't do it, Nick. Don't do it. <laughs> So, Nick, you're in Hattiesburg now? Uh, yes, sir, yeah. So when you come back to Hattiesburg, is is that where you're going to, at this point, try to make your off-season home? You seem to like it here. And we like having you uh, here, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I, for right now, I think so. Um, I'm kind of just going to decide where I want to raise a family. But uh, for the past three years and maybe a couple more, uh, it's been pretty much great. You know, I uh, came to Hattiesburg as a college freshman, and uh, it's kind of become home. And right. uh, so we love it here. Nick, did you play baseball? I was reading where your grand your grandfather pitched for the Philadelphia Phillies, and your uncle is. Am I right about this? The all time career winning pitcher for the Arkansas Razorback program. Yes, sir. Yeah, he. Uh, it's my yeah, my grandpa Ernie Tabor. He um, played in the minors for a while, and he got uh, a couple shots at the, at the show. I guess you could say back um, back in the day. And uh, my uncle Scott, yeah, he uh, he pitched for Arkansas, the Razorbacks. Uh, got a big Arkansas family, and uh, he pitched in the College World Series and had a, he had a great career there. And uh, so, yeah, I guess you could say got some uh, family bloodlines, and I'm certainly thankful for that. All right now, were you a baseball player in high school? I uh, I played my freshman and sophomore year, and uh, I loved the pitch. I like to think I was pretty good at it, and uh, I loved it. Well, that yeah, that is quite that that is quite a lineage, and you played some big time uh, high school football. In uh, in Alabama, try to put in perspective. The, the well, I, I can see we're out of time, and, and I'm sorry for that. But Nick, can we officially announce that uh, you are available to the Washington Redskins? Is that uh, what I took out of the conversation? Don't do it. No, I don't, don't know about do all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't do that to you, Nick. But we uh, we do want to thank you. Uh, very, very much for coming on our show. It meant a lot to us that you were willing to come talk to us. And uh, we're your biggest fans, man. So we wish you nothing but the best. Yeah, appreciate that. All right. Nick Mullins, everybody, of the NFC champion San Francisco 49ers. Eagle Hour will continue after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Tuesday. Greatly appreciate Nick Mullins for joining us in those first two segments. Really awesome to have a quarterback from the National Football League joining us on the Eagle Hour and, of course, still repping uh, Southern Miss, making his home in Hattiesburg uh, in the offseason. Appreciate Nick Mullins joining us. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of the 895 lunch every 
single day. We greatly appreciate 4th Street Bar and Grill for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Luke, Bob, and Brandon from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Uh, I, I just uh, did a quick search, Bob, through the 2019 Football Almanac. Nick Mullins holds 16 individual records. 16 individual records um, at quarterback. And when you look at uh, you know those top five, Favre's there, Davis is there, Allman is there, uh, Roberts is there, but at the top of them, Nick Mullins. Pretty awesome. Well, and I think it's just so cool that uh, a kid like this, he, he doesn't go back to Arkansas. He doesn't go back to Alabama, where I guess his, his family still lives. Uh, he comes back to Hattiesburg to live. And we were talking during the break, how many current and past professional athletes make Hattiesburg their home? It's uh, We need to total it up someday. I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable. You've got two Hall of Famers that live right here. Uh, and, and you start there and, and go through the list, professional baseball, professional football, really quite remarkable. And uh, no nicer kid and uh, – Nobody that you would pull for any more than you would pull for Nick Mullins. I'm sure you agree with that. And no chance that he'll play for the Washington Redskins. No, I was kind of disappointed to hear his attitude about that. I'll have to tell you, but, uh, you know, you're on the NFC champions and probably one of the (laughs) two or three favorites to go back to the Super Bowl next year because I think they're a pretty young football team too. So uh, Nick's in a good place, no question about that. He is. uh, He's – Birthday's coming up. He's still 24 years old. So, what, what I sense is he'll get a he'll get a shot um, whenever San Francisco decides when his contract runs out what they will do. Um, Garoppolo's not going anywhere um, for sure. But you know, man, you, you talk about uh, if you're a, a quality backup in the NFL, you always have a job, especially well, with his track record of coming in like he did. You know, in 2018, but I I still think he's going to get a shot uh, in in maybe a year or two, especially being under Kyle Shanahan, being behind uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's still going to have another shot to get a starting gig. Well, yeah, with his age and the way he performed when he got the opportunity in 18, my guess is Nick Mullins would be pretty sought after if he were on the free agent market right now. I, my guess is he'd have offers from a number of football teams. There are not many. There are not many. Guys that can step on the field and produce in the National Football League at that position, Luke. Yeah, and and the the very fact that he you you want you want people on your team that know success or that know how to win and that are in an environment of that, and um, that's what he's been. And you look at some of the veterans that he's around. Richard Sherman plays on that team. Uh, there's just some really whenever you're around veterans that have been doing it a long time and even young talent that it it, it molds who you are as a player and i think in nick's case he he molds other people also because of his you know his attitude and, and his ability also so yeah an organization that uh that needs you know people with that type of of demeanor and attitude he certainly uh, could could be one and, for and you it. can't so, it's hard to overemphasize the importance of a good backup quarterback in the nfl Look no further than the New Orleans Saints. Where would the New Orleans Saints have been this year had they not had a quality backup quarterback? Yeah, and there's your guy for the Washington Redskins. I don't think there's any way they're going to keep all three of them. So uh, unless 
Washington thinks Haskins is going to do something, I would be calling Teddy Bridgewater's number well, every day because he, they didn't miss a beat when he stepped in there. Unless Brady and Mullins decide to move there, and then that would be your number one and number two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, switching uh, – same sport, but switching a little gears. Uh, there is a big promotion out now, a what they're calling the football season ticket renewal incentive plan. This is a pretty cool – program uh, really for the next two months there's going to be uh, gifts uh, that are prizes that are given away every week and what you do is if you uh, any season ticket holder new orders or renewal accounts uh, once you get your season tickets locked in they're going to make drawings every single week until april the 30th uh, every week there's going to be prizes so for instance the prize this week Three people, three season ticket holders, either new or renew, uh, renewed, they're going to win a autographed football uh, by Coach Hobson. Also, some people, uh, one person is going to win uh, a grill. Next week, this is a pretty cool incentive. You get to call a play at the spring game. Now, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's pretty unique. For uh, another week, four complimentary basketball season tickets for next season. Should be fun. Uh, then, a dinner for four with the football team and the coaching staff. Like that idea. Uh, a few more of these signed merchandise from Southern Miss Greats. Not saying who they are, so uh, there'll be three people that win that. And then two people are going to win a custom football jersey. Uh, another custom football jersey will be given away. And then an upgraded parking pass uh, for one year. All this is taking place starting this week through April the 30th. And every season ticket holder is going to get a replica Southern Miss Equipment truck. Now, not life-size, but something that will fit on your desk. Uh, you can have a six-month payment plan and a commemorative season uh, ticket stock. So pretty cool. I mean, um, we, we talked about, uh, you know, the way that things ended this year. Um, you need some momentum going into the offseason. I, I, this is a great move by uh, the athletic department and opportunity for a lot of people to get a lot of th- cool things. Maybe one of the coolest things other than the jersey for me, I would love to call a play at the spring game. Yeah. What would you call it? Bubble screen. Call me Al. Call me Al Davis. Throw it deep <laughs> down the field. Look, guys. I think I'd run the Statue of Liberty. You think they'd know how to do that? Yeah, it's in yeah. there. It's in the playbook somewhere for sure. Hey, look. Let, let's update. Uh, we talked to you a little bit yesterday about a pitching injury on the baseball team. You have a little updated information on that. Yeah, we talked about Gabe Shepard. He's a Friday night starter, sophomore pitcher, uh, came on last year and was coming off Tommy John surgery, and and he's been your Friday night guy. Uh, we talked to Coach Barry, and when we were talking to him, they hadn't heard back from the doctor. Seems as if, from what I heard yesterday, nothing structural uh, with Shepard, which is uh, you can take a big sigh of relief. Seems like it's tendonitis in the backside of the shoulder. Um, heard Coach Barry talking about this yesterday, and so I, I don't think there's any way he pitches this weekend. I think they'll rest him. Whether or not they sit him two weekends uh, will be up in the air. But you know, you start conference play next week against FIU, so you really want him back there. So I don't think there's any any way they would pitch him this weekend against Little Rock. But uh, thankfully, looks like nothing structurally wrong with Gabe Shepard. Right, and I'm thinking that that game with Mississippi State is probably not going to be played tomorrow night. Yeah, the rain's supposed to come in. It looked like rain was going to come in tonight, um, but it's going to come in tomorrow morning. And again, if we were, you know, if it was uh, not going to be pouring tomorrow night, you could play this game at the Pete. But you know, with it being Trustmark, real grass, real dirt, I don't think they play. And you know, here's a trade-off: do you do you 
want to throw them back out there Thursday, or if you're Chris Lamonis and Scott Barry, you just say, hey, man, we'll, we'll just do it another time, another place, and uh, you just don't play Mississippi State. I want to play them. I want to play Mississippi State, even if, if we beat them awesome, if we lose to them. I, just, I think it is so important that the teams in Mississippi play each other, but I don't want to – another four games in a row weekend for our guys no i think the i think the smart play and they're not going to ask you or either one but i i think the smart play would be to uh would be to just move the game and reschedule it for another time my guess is mississippi state's no more anxious to play four consecutive days uh as is southern miss it's just too much it's too much strain on your baseball team and uh, i think the weekend series uh, remain more important than the weeknight games so yeah, we got Little Rock this weekend. Looking at Mississippi State's schedule, of course, you know, starting off seven and four, but they played Oregon State and they played uh, Long Beach State. Uh, they've got us. They got Quinnipiac this weekend at home. So both teams, you know, not not playing strong opponents this weekend, and that's why I think they probably put this midweek game there. Yeah. Scheduled for six p.m. tomorrow night at, at Trustmark, and, and you know, as we get updates, uh, we'll. We'll let you know. I, I imagine they'll say something either late tonight or, or early tomorrow to, to let everybody know what's going on. Right, right. What do we know about this Little Rock team? Anything? I mean, I, other than the fact a former player is the coach of them, I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen much out of uh, Arkansas Little Rock. They're the Little Rock Trojans, 8-5 and five, uh, on the year this year. They, they uh, Common opponents, they lost uh, to McNeese back on February the 22nd. Lost in seven innings, fourteen to two. They've played Oklahoma State, who's number twenty-three um, in the country. But when you get down to um, you know their conference record, uh, they're in the uh, they're in the Sun Belt, so they're a Sun Belt team. So yeah. they'll play uh, ULM, they'll play Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina, South Alabama later this year. They are to the University of Arkansas what UAB is to the University of Alabama. Basically part of the University of Arkansas, but the part that uh, is in Little Rock, Arkansas. So, all right, we'll be back. Eagle Hour continues after this. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 or online, toyotaofhattiesburg.com. Luke, Bob, and Brandon from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. I greatly appreciate First Bank being with us from the very beginning of this show and you can go see them on Highway 98. They are our studio sponsor, home of the Perfect Ten, Reggie Collier, First Bank there, uh, to help you with everything uh, you need financially in your life. couple of uh, announcements. Softball was supposed to play Alabama State uh, tomorrow night. It has been canceled because of the projected weather coming in uh, tonight and tomorrow. No makeup date has been decided yet. 
Coach Brian Levan leading his uh, Lady Eagles to 12-6 and six in his first year as uh, the coach of Southern Miss softball. Men basketball, they won't have to worry about a cancellation. They will be inside, but it will be tomorrow night uh, at 7 p.m. in Reed Green Coliseum taking on Rice. Southern Miss needs to win this one in order to get into the tournament. Mm. Uh, Southern Miss students have free admission, and they can get free hot dogs for uh, tomorrow night. If you can't make it to the game, it will be on ESPN3, our good friend Lee Roberts, and Larry Boyd will be on the call, and, of course, John Cox will be on the Southern Miss IMG Sports Network. So Southern Miss uh, needing a big win tomorrow night, and it's just going to be uh, gut check, Bob. Um, you, you know, going in the game, that's if you're right. Gabe Watson, Ladavius Drain, you're going to play 38 to 40 minutes, and that's just the way it is. So, uh, men looking uh, to uh, be a big win tomorrow night against Rice, uh, should they be able? Well, be able a good to pull promotion it too, because nothing attracts young people like our producer here, Brandon, uh, like free food. I love free food. That's what I thought. Yeah. So, good, good idea. I love there. free food. You'll find good me idea there. Good idea. There. So, um, Bob. Uh, I love baseball. You love baseball. It's a pretty cool opportunity last night. Super Talk, um, Laurel, and and several of the Super Talk stations. But we uh, we cover high school baseball, and um, so if you're out there wanting to listen to some high school baseball, you can go to supertalklaurel.com. And there's always a Jones County game of the week. We usually try to broadcast two a week. So last night was pretty cool. Uh, it was a non-region game. Columbia was playing West Jones, um, and we were playing at Jones College, which was pretty cool. So before the game, I, I go down on the field and I was getting a little pregame interview from Trey Sutton, who's the head coach of West Jones. He's a Southern Miss guy, knew that. Mm-hmm. Kyle Lindsey is the head coach for Columbia. He was a pitcher on the 2009 Southern Miss World Series team mm-hmm. and the head coach of Jones College, Chris Kirkland, Southern Miss baseball player. <laughs> so the host, reunion, the, the, yeah. The, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and they were all they were all there together, and they're they're out there shooting the bull. We're swapping lineups and everything. But I just was I, – I, Coach Barry texted me uh, during the broadcast and wished me happy birthday, and I sent him a picture back, uh, you know, just to just to encourage him. Of course, he knows all those guys. But you're, mm-hmm. you're there at a, a junior college uh, baseball field who won the national championship a few, a few years ago. You're, you're watching Wes Jones play, led by a Southern Miss graduate who won the state championship last year. And, mm-hmm. dude, Kyle Lindsey at Columbia, in their first seven games, they're playing – they're a 3A school. They're playing Oak Grove, Petal, Pascagoula, and Wes Jones. Not mm-hmm. afraid of anybody. Right. And all of that is because of Southern Miss baseball and how now it is touching and helping young men all across South Mississippi. I was just kind of mm-hmm. sat back and just saw that, and it was pretty pretty cool to see. Now, Sutton didn't get injured taking the picture, did he? <laughs> I'll tell him you said that. No, he didn't. He, he had to get out of the way on a couple foul balls at third base, but he remained unscathed. We're actually talking about that. Kirkland was talking about uh, when when uh, Trey would go to take BP when he played, and Trey would hit the whole bucket. So my natural, next question was, you know, did he get injured while he was doing that? And Kirkland said, you know, basically more times than not, yes. <laughs> Quite a tree, though. You know, like just like this weekend. Just like the coach bringing the uh, Little Rock team in here, the Arkansas Little Rock team, former Southern Miss baseball player. Uh, Just an enormously big tree from Southern Miss baseball. Truly one of the the top 25 programs in the country. I think that's fair to say. When we were the opening weekend and I was out in the roost and, and it was just a plethora of people out there, 
guys that played when I was there. Mark Maddox was out there. Jason Lowry's out there. Dozier was out there. Um, but Matt Walner was out there too. J.C. Keys was out there. And you know how these guys take great pride in coming back. And I will give a shout-out. My, my good friend Lane Brady, who was an equipment manager for me at Southern Miss when, when he played. He's the offensive coordinator for Long Beach High School now. Um, if you're in a situation where you have – you desperately want to get an autograph or a connection with Matt Walner and Brian Dozier, you bring your baby son. And Lane Brady, without shame, handed his baby son to Matt Walner <laughs> and then handed his baby son to Brian Dozier and went two for two. Kudos, Lane Brady. Well moved. And uh, Let me say my buddy Al Holder keeps me up to date on Brian Dozier. He texted me last night, Dozier yesterday, playing for the Padres. Playing second base, two for three with an RBI. So O'Brien seems to be doing pretty well out there with the San Diego Padres. And what a great place to go live. My word. If you make make the squad there and another, live in San Diego, that's a win-win. Another Southern Miss connection. Bobby Dickerson, bench coach for the – you're talking about guys that live in the offseason. The bench coach from the San Diego Padres. His son's a starting shortstop at Southern Miss, and he lives in Laurel, Mississippi. They're there everywhere. They're everywhere. All right. Uh, we're going to be back here tomorrow is where we're going to be at 1 o'clock. We'll look forward to talking to you then. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.